going to sound good today. You're going to sound even better next week. Next week we're going to make a little bit of a shift. We're going to take a few of these front rows and we're going to tighten them up to uh, pre-COVID distance. Uh, we're going to slide the first, uh, I don't know, few rows in a little tighter, uh, which will get those of y'all back there in another zip code uh, a little closer. Uh, and so uh, we're going to leave part of the building separated out for those of you who may be uncomfortable uh, and move uh, some in a little tighter uh, for those of you who uh, are more comfortable. How's that? Uh, we'll split the difference. And so that is the plan. For, so I'll be, able, I'll be able to hear Kenny singing next week. We're going to scoot him up. Well, we might scoot him back. I don't know. Sherry looked at me kind of funny when I said I was going to be able to hear Kenny singing. So, uh, but, uh, so uh, we'll make that adjustment a little bit next week. Um, and uh, as we continue to uh, plod forward and, uh, again, uh, make, uh, make uh, changes as, uh, as we feel comfortable and led, uh, again, everybody's got a different uh, comfort level uh, with what's going on. And so I uh, want to respect that. Everybody's got different health issues. Um, and uh, so there's no one-size-fits-all answer. And so uh, we'll try next week to uh, meet somewhere uh, in uh, the middle. And the truth is what I really got to do is I got to get Angie Cooper a little closer to the front so I can tell when she dozes off to sleep I can... I, I can wake her up, so uh, so uh, that is uh, that is the plan. But uh, we'll do that uh, next week. All right. If you will take your Bible and turn with me to the twenty-first chapter of John, as we approach the end of uh, this book, uh, this is a passage that um, is probably one of uh, one of those stories that most of us um, are familiar with. Uh, and that is, again, the story uh, of the disciples uh, and their uh, unproductive fishing trip until Christ comes along. And I want to look at this text this morning, uh, and very simple uh, message today, uh, very uh, simple uh, in one regard, but uh, very, uh, I believe, important. Uh, on the other, and that is, uh, we're going to look and see, we're going to see what happens uh, when we respond uh, to Jesus Christ. When, when, we, are, when we respond uh, to the call of Christ on our life, whether it's uh, through His Word as He reveals things uh, in His Word to us as uh, we read His Word, study His Word, uh, and learn uh, things uh, how, how he wants us to live, uh, things he wants us to stop, things he wants us to start, uh, as he reveals himself uh, through his word, uh, as the Holy Spirit moves and uh, convicts us and speaks to our heart. Uh, perhaps uh, an example would be that uh, as the Holy Spirit moves on our heart and uh, encourages us to share the gospel uh, with someone or uh, maybe uh, to... Uh, uh, lays on our heart to uh, to give someone uh, to buy someone a meal uh, or help someone uh, who is hurting. Whatever it is, uh, when we respond to God, uh, 
when we get in His will, when we are obedient, uh, I think this story teaches us uh, of this story teaches us of three things. Uh, there may be some others, uh, but this story teaches us uh, of three things that uh, that come out of. Uh, again, responding, obedience, uh, doing His will, whatever uh, terminology you choose uh, to use. And we see that, uh, again, in Peter and the disciples here, uh, as, uh, as, again, just to uh, refresh your memory, <coughs> the disciples uh, have been out all night fishing. Uh, and as I've said uh, in the previous uh, messages we've looked at this chapter, uh, there's nothing much more miserable on earth uh, than, spend, than, than going fishing and catching nothing except going fishing at night, all night, and catching nothing. That is a miserable, uh, miserable time. Uh, and as they stand there, uh, as they're uh, out there and they're licking their wounds. And uh, you can only imagine how much worse it would have been uh, for the disciples, many of them being uh, professional fishermen, having grown up uh, in uh, the home. Uh, their parents were fishermen, and it was their family business. Uh, and to fail miserably uh, to fish all night and catch nothing. Uh, and again, remember uh, how they were fishing. It's one thing to put out one hook uh, and hope that uh, a fish comes by. They were casting nets uh, and couldn't even drag in uh, anything. What a miserable uh, experience uh, for these men. And as the, the night uh, is winding down, uh, they hear a voice from the shore, uh, which, uh, again, uh, let's see, let me, let me take this. The, only, the, the worst thing in the world is going fishing all day and catching nothing, except for fishing all night and catching nothing, except for fishing all night and catching nothing, and having somebody ask you, what did you catch? Uh, you know, uh, you know that, that's, that's terrible uh, when you have to look at somebody and say, I fished all night and I got nothing. And so uh, as they uh, are wrapping up their unproductive fishing night, uh, they hear the voice that says, children, do you have any meat? Have you caught anything? No. Yeah. That, 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 again, that is a horrible feeling. And you know the story. We've talked about it. Uh, the voice says, put your nets on the other side. They cast their net out. Uh, they're unable uh, to pull the net in. It is so full. Uh, John realizes that uh, the voice on the shore belongs to uh, none other than Christ himself. Uh, he tells Peter. Uh, Peter grabs his coat. Uh, and just let me throw in a little side note here. doesn't mean Peter was fishing naked, by the way. Uh, he most likely had on like a loincloth. Uh, but again, the whole Hebrew thing, he would have grabbed his coat just kind of out of decency. It was one thing to fish in your loincloth. It was another thing to run to the shore in your... And so he put on his coat, and he, he takes off uh, swimming, wading, uh, getting to Jesus Christ. Uh, he gets to Christ. Uh, the disciples come in uh, dragging their net because they're unable uh, to pull the net up. Uh, and when they get there, Jesus already has uh, fish in the frying pan. Now, that may be even worse than that. You fished all night, and here he is, hasn't fished at all, 
frying fish. That's, you know, that, that may be even worse. Uh, but they get there. Jesus asks them to bring some of their fish. Uh, he fries them, uh, fixes them breakfast. Uh, uh, God bless Jesus. I know he knows what he's doing. Uh, but I don't want fish for breakfast. Uh, but I guess if Jesus cooks it, I'll eat it. Uh, but uh, he fixes them breakfast and they have a meal together. Three things uh, in that text that came out of uh, responding uh, to Jesus Christ. One uh, is that he prepared uh, them a meal. Uh, as we look at that text, uh, again we see there, uh, that uh, it says that when they when Peter got there, uh, there was already a uh, a fire uh, which would have been extremely welcome after a night uh, of fishing. Uh, but on that fire, uh, he already uh, was fixing uh, fish uh, for them, and he says to them, "Come and dine." The word that he uses there is that, uh, as it says, dine, the word uh, means break your fast. Jesus knew uh, they had been out all night, and, uh, and so basically he said, come eat breakfast. Uh, and so they get there. And what I want to point out to you this morning is that by responding to Jesus, uh, it's easy to look at this text and see this morning that uh, obviously uh, they, the, the, they were given uh, breakfast, they were given a meal, that Jesus prepared uh, a meal for them. He prepared uh, food for them. But I want to point out to you that it, uh, what we see in this text, if you look closely, it is far more uh, than just a meal. Uh, and in all honesty, the word uh, that uh, probably should have used uh, for this point would have been provision. Uh, let's think for a minute about what Jesus provided uh, in this story. Uh, he told them to cast their net uh, out on the other side. So he provided them uh, instruction. Uh, they cast their net out on the other side, uh, and they caught uh, a net so full of fish uh, that the seven disciples who were there uh, were unable uh, to pull uh, that net in. I, I was kind of curious and did a little uh, did a little googling uh, and found out that uh, the the average weight uh, that a that a grown man can pick up uh, is somewhere uh, 120 pounds or so. Uh, obviously, many can do more. Uh, some can't do that. Uh, but let's just assume uh, roughly 120 to 150 pounds uh, from these seven men. That means that, and again, let's, I'm going on the low side. Again, these were healthy, strong young men uh, who, had, uh, who had lived outdoors, who had been fishermen. So I'm assuming they were probably uh, in pretty good shape. Uh, and so I'm going on the low end, I believe, and saying 150 pounds, seven men. Uh, that means uh, that uh, and seven men who can pick up 150 pounds apiece can pick up a total of 1,050 pounds. And we learn when we look, uh, in a moment, they caught 153 fish in their net that they could not pick up. 1,050 pounds of fish, 153 fish, means that the average fish was right at 7 pounds. Now, those of you who have been fishing, I would take not a net full of 7 pounds. I would take one 7-pound fish. 
One. Just one. I don't need 153. I'm not greedy. You know, I'm not selfish. You can have your seven-pound fish. Just one seven-pound fish. And so Jesus not only provided them instruction, He provided them fish, and He provided them an ample supply of fish. When they got to shore, He provided them a meal. Before they got there, the Bible points out that the net did not break. 1,050 pounds at least of fish in their net. And the net did not break. Do not think that was because they had a really good net builder. That was because Christ intervened and made that net hold up for those 153 fish. What I am saying to you this morning is that what the disciples needed, they found when they responded to Jesus Christ. They needed encouragement. They needed fish. They needed food. They needed to see Jesus. These were men, again, who for the last little while have been so thoroughly confused, so thoroughly befuddled because of this whole crucifixion, resurrection, Him popping into the room and popping out, Him appearing and disappearing and fishing all night and catching nothing. What they needed, folks, they found in Jesus Christ. What I'm saying to you this morning is that Jesus prepared them a meal. What I'm saying to you this morning is that when you respond to Jesus Christ, He will provide what you need for your situation. He is the provision that you need. Again, I don't want fish for breakfast. Don't want them. Again, if Jesus fries them, I guess I'll suck it up and eat them. But I don't want fish for breakfast. But thank God, Jesus knows I don't want fish for breakfast, and He would fry me liver mush. Some of you just went, oh, that's all right, I'll eat yours. Yeah. Listen, what I'm saying to you this morning is Jesus knows your needs. He knows your longings. He knows your hurts. He knows your pain. He knows what you need. He knows the void in your life. He knows what is missing. These disciples needed instruction. They were wondering. They were confused. They were dazed. They were doubting. They needed instruction. They needed to see a movement of God because they were a mess. They needed fish. They needed a meal. They needed a companion. They needed to see Jesus. Listen, when we're obedient to the Word of God, to the will of God, to the leadership of God in our life, He provides... Listen, now, now hear me. It may not be what you think you need. It may not be what you think you need. But He knows what you need. I saw something. Some of you may have seen this. I personally, regardless of... I love Chick-fil-A. I call it Christian chicken. 
I love Chick-fil-A. And here, I saw this a while back, maybe you saw it. If you place your order at Chick-fil-A and what you get is not what you ordered, it's because they know what's best for you and they gave it to you. Yeah. It's Christian chicken. Yeah. They know what you needed and they gave you what was best for you. Yeah. No matter what you ordered. Listen, that's exactly the way God is. You may order, you may pray, and you may think, I know exactly what I need. But I want you to know this morning, when you respond to God, when you are obedient, when you follow His leadership, when you follow His will, when you are obedient to His Word, He will provide for you exactly what He knows you need. Did you all hear Miranda a few weeks ago? You said, I don't know why you said up front, maybe so I could see you nodding your head. I don't mean to embarrass you. I hate to embarrass embarrass people that carry guns. Uh, But um, Miranda had a job when she was not pleased. Let's put it that way. Things were not, she she was concerned about her job. And she prayed year, year and a half. He didn't do it on her time scale. He didn't do it when, but he, he did it. He did it. He got her a job, got her a job where she's comfortable, got her a job where she's safe. Reasonably. Got, yeah, got her a job where she's happy. Kept her benefits. Everything. God took care of her on His scale. He knew what she needed, and He gave it to her. He took care of her. Listen, God, when we respond, when we, and, and I can tell you, she and I talked about it numerous times over the last year. And I know, I, again, I, 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 if I'm embarrassing you, I'm sorry, Miranda. Yeah, but, but you stood up and said it in the microphone. So I'm just, yeah, listen, we talked about it numerous times, and Miranda simply was trusting God. She didn't push. She didn't push Him. She waited on Him and was obedient. When we do that, God provides what we need. He provides what we need. He prepared them food. Notice the second thing. He says that he told them, go get some of your fish. And he prepared as they brought their fish in and he prepared the meal. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish. And they hauled the net in. And Jesus said to them, come and dine. Come and have breakfast. Not one of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. When we are obedient, when we respond to the Lord, first of all, He prepares food. He prepared them fish. Second of all, He provided them friendship. He provided them friendship. Listen, one of the greatest things I can tell you is that One of the most amazing things I can tell you is that Christ wants to be your friend. Let that soak in for a moment. Let that soak in for a moment. That Jesus Christ wants to be your friend. Can I tell you something? You're not always friendly. 
I've known most of you now for 26 years, a week, and two days. You've not always been friendly. But Jesus Christ wants to be your friend. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to walk with you. I think maybe we say it best in some of our songs. What a friend we have in Jesus. And He walks with me and talks with me along life's dreary way. Listen, that's Jesus Christ. Listen, he, he doesn't want to be a foreign God. He doesn't want to set up a million miles away. He wants to walk with you and talk with you and fellowship with you. He wants to be there when you hurt. He wants to be there. When, listen, Jesus didn't come when, when the disciples caught a boatload of fish. He came when they caught none and they were miserable. You know, many years ago, 33 years ago, I guess, this fall, at my ordination, I remember my grandpa saying these words. He says, I hope you have way more successes in your ministry than I've ever had in mine. And then he said something that struck me, and I still think about it. Again, it's, I, can, I can see it. I can close my eyes and I can see him. I can see the front of that little church. I, I, I can hear it. And he said something real close to these words. And I really don't want to hear about your successes. But when you fail and you stumble, I'll be there for you. I really don't want to hear about your successes. But when you fail and you stumble, I'll be there for you. Can I can I challenge you in two ways? Can you be that to somebody? You'd be like Jesus. You'd be like Jesus. Jesus showed up on the morning they caught nothing. Not when they come dragging in a load of fish and bragging about how great a fisherman they were, but on the night that they failed miserably, Jesus showed up and reminded them that they could do all things through him. Jesus wants to fellowship with us. He wants to walk with us. He wants to hear our burdens, our hurts. Can I challenge you to be that for somebody? Be that person that walks with them when they're at their lowest. But know this, that Jesus Christ will do the very same for you. He prepared them fish. He provided fellowship. 
And then finally, he presented them forgiveness. Look at verse 14. It says there that John reminds us here, this was now the third time that Jesus had revealed to the disciples that he was raised from the dead. What was Jesus doing by revealing himself? He was showing them the death, burial, and resurrection. We're going to see in the next passage as he talks to Peter, not only to prepare them a meal, not only did he provide them friendship, but he presented forgiveness. He reminded them once again that he had went to a cross, went to a tomb, took the keys of death, hell and the grave from the hands of Satan, and came out victorious. He reminded them that he did all that so they could have forgiveness. So they could be forgiven. So they could have eternal life. Folks, Jesus wants to provide you with the exact same three things. He wants to give you provisions, food, whatever you need. Jesus owns everything. He owns the cattle of the hills. He wants to have fellowship with you. But most of all, He wants you to know forgiveness. He wants you to know forgiveness. You know, there are two groups of people in here. Those who know Christ as their Savior. Unfortunately, many of those people, many of you who know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have been forgiven, you have been cleansed, and your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. But unfortunately, you still carry the guilt of your sin. Satan is still dragging and hanging those weights around your neck and reminding you of your past life, reminding you of your sin, reminding of your flaws, reminding you of your imperfections, and constantly holding them in front of your face and telling you, you are not worthy. God couldn't love somebody like you. Listen, if you've been saved by the grace of God, your sins have been separate as far as the east is from the west. You have been forgiven, never to be remembered, never to be recalled against you. The only person remembering them, the only person bringing them up is you and the devil, and any other enemies you might have. But God has forgiven you and set you free. Let's live in that forgiveness. Let's accept what He has given. He reminded now the disciples three different times. How many times has He got to remind you that He has defeated sin, death, hell, and the grave? and that you are free. And what the Son sets free 
is free indeed. And then there are others. There's a second group. Here, online, you've never asked Christ into your heart. He's offering forgiveness. He's holding it out. He says, I've already died on the cross. I went to the tomb. I've been resurrected. I've done everything I know to do. And I'm holding it out for you to accept. Let me tell you a made-up story. I made it up. I'm telling you that now. It may have happened, but I made it up. Man goes out for a walk. Let's say he's taking a walk around and through the Grand Canyon. As he walks, he gets over too close to the edge, and his foot slips, and he falls over. And he falls down 50, 75, 100 feet, whatever, and lands on a little ledge. And he's standing there on that ledge, 100 feet up. I don't know how deep the Grand Canyon is. Deep. I don't have any interest. I know some of you have been. I don't have any interest to go see a hole in the ground. Um, but I don't know how deep. A, a fur piece. Okay? He's sitting on that ledge. Wondering what he's going to do. Doomed. He's going to starve. Buzzards are already starting to circle. No food. No water. If he stays there, he dies. If he jumps, he dies. Nothing in front of him but death. And then he hears a voice. And he says, we're going to lower a basket. Get in the basket. We'll pull you to safety. Your wife and children are here waiting on you. Get in the basket. And we'll pull you to safety. They lower the basket. The man looks at the basket and says, Thanks, but no thanks. I don't want in the basket. I'll stay here. What would you call that man? I got one vote for stupid. An idiot. Crazy. Foolish. What would you call that man? If he looked at rescue, at safety, being reunited with his family, right there dangling in front of him, all he's got to do is climb into that basket and be pulled to safety. And he refuses. What would you call a man this morning who is on the ledge. You're not facing death. You are dead. The Bible says without Jesus Christ, you are dead in your sins, dead in your trespasses. And this morning, Jesus Christ 
is lowering a basket. And he's saying, just get in it. And I'll bring you to safety. Just accept the gift. I can see that man standing on that ledge. Maybe the thought goes through his mind, how much is this going to cost? Absolutely nothing. Just get in the basket. What do I have to give you? Nothing. Just get in the basket. What do I have to do? Nothing. We'll pull you up to safety. It's exactly what you're being offered this morning. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, whether you're in this room, whether you're watching online, whether you're young, old, maybe you're a church member, maybe you're a deacon, maybe you're a teacher, but the reality is you're lost and you don't know Jesus Christ. If you respond to Jesus Christ this morning, He will give you fish, He will give you fellowship, and He will give you forgiveness. Just get in the basket. Christians, accept the gift. Accept it. Open it. You've already accepted it. Open the gift. Use the gift. You've been given your forgiveness. You've been given salvation. You've been given cleansing. You've been given mercy. You've been given grace. Quit allowing Satan to beat you up. You are a child of the King. You are a child of God. Forgiven. Cleansed. Let's live in that forgiveness. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads this morning. This morning you're here and you say, Jimmy, I know I'm a Christian. You're watching online and you say, I know I'm a Christian, but I've been struggling. They're struggling with guilt and fear. I know I've been saved, and I just need Him. I need to trust Him. Christians, let's make full use. Take advantage of the salvation you've been given. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to feed you. But this morning you're here, you're watching online with us, and you don't know Him personally. You don't know Him as your Savior. You've never asked Him into your heart. This morning would you do that? The basket is right there. Cost you nothing. It's free. You don't have to do anything. Just open your heart and say, I want Jesus Christ. I want to I wanna be saved. You don't have to pray anything fancy. You don't have to do anything. Just accept the gift. I want to be saved. Jesus, I want you to come into my heart and forgive me. Would you do that this morning? If you did that, and you're joining us online, would you send me an email? Would you make a comment? Would you reach out and give me a call? I'd like to talk to you. I'd like to get you some information to help you on your Christian walk as you begin to move forward in your faith. If you're in this room, would you come? 
and let, and, and let me hear from you. The Bible tells us not to be ashamed. Would you come forward? Just a moment, we're going to sing. Would you step out and you come? If you don't understand, I'll help you. But this morning, the basket is hanging there. He wants to feed you. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to forgive you. Will you accept it? Father, we thank you this morning for your word. God, we ask you just to take it and apply it to our heart. God, help us to respond to you. God, believers all over this room who need their guilt taken away, who need their fear removed, who need to live in the authority of your word, in boldness, in peace, in abundant life. God, for the one that's watching, the one that's here, that doesn't know Jesus personally, Lord, I pray you'd touch their heart. God, move on them that they would see that basket hanging there and they'd get in. They'd accept that free gift. And we'll give you the honor for all you do. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As